fear plays such a strong role. And it is something that I think it's the main driver that keeps people stuck in these dead end W2 jobs. And I think for anybody listening, you know, cash flow is like, cash flow is the drug you're looking for. Welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins Podcast, where I'm dedicated to helping you take control of your life. I'm Sue Saller, and I'm excited to be your host on this journey. I'll be bringing you inspiring stories, practical tips, and expert advice to help you overcome obstacles, set and achieve your goals, and live the life you've always wanted. Together, we'll discover that making small changes is not only possible, but can lead to big results. Join me now as we explore the power of positive thinking, the art of goal setting, and strategies for success. Are you ready? Let's go do this. All right, welcome to the Small Steps Big Wins podcast. I'd like to give a very warm welcome to my very first guest, Zach Woods. Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us and be here today. Awesome, Sue. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, Looking forward to sharing what I know. Oh, great. Well, let's jump right in. I'd love to start with your superhero backstory and what propelled you to get to where you are today. Absolutely. Um, I mean, my story, the starting point isn't really much different than anybody else. Um, I took a job right out of college working for a property management firm. And uh, it was a job that honestly, I was not excited about at all to be taking, but I ended up being pleasantly surprised because it taught me the nuts and the bolts of the real estate game and got me to start thinking of seeing money and seeing uh, life and being able to do things on my own terms completely differently. Yeah. Did that really give you like a mind shift on where, you know, you used to, how you used to think about things and now you started, it was almost like an emergence of some point. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. It it, it was quite honestly, night and day. I remember picking up the book, rich dad, poor dad, like so many of us have um, in the middle of doing everything. And that book really walks through the value of money and how you should be treating money. So my whole mindset shifted from, let me go buy, you know, a nice pair of shoes and go out to dinner all the time to, oh my gosh, I need to cut back. I need to save every penny that I can. And I need to get ready to buy a piece of real estate. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki is amazing. It must've been a pinnacle moment for you then when you realize that you don't have to settle for a W2 job for the rest of your life, but that you could take action and then command the course of your life and you know, where you're going next. Um, what were some of those situations that shaped who you are today that, you know, you encountered and decided to change or. Yeah. It, so it was almost like, if you think of like a faucet tap that was like halfway on the whole time when I started working in my W-2. And then all of a sudden, after reading that book, somebody turned it on full blast and opportunities and changes just started flowing my way. I I would say that the biggest piece of advice I can give to anybody um, who is maybe just graduating college or maybe is around my age in their mid-20s is just to take action. Do something. Figure out what it is that you want to achieve. And every single day, wake up pull out a piece of paper and write down three things that you know you can accomplish in that day. And before you know it, you will have reached and quite honestly surpassed whatever goal that you originally set. Zach, that's a great suggestion to just take action and just jump and do it. What What are some changes that you made in your life that you didn't think would have a big result, but you know, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna change these things. And then over time, 
you got to a different point and went, wow, I didn't realize that thing would change that. <laughs> I, I think that really it was two things. One, it was just confronting fear head on. I mean, if you really, you think through your entire life, you even think through how your day went today, fear plays such a strong role. And it is something that I think it's the main driver that keeps people stuck in these dead end W2 jobs. And when you take a step back and you face it, and confront it repeatedly, whether that be, in my case, you know, cold calling sellers, sending letters to people and just being prepared to talk to somebody or prepared in the off chance to get uh, to get yelled at, uh, which is very rare, but does happen. Um, it's what's moved my investing career forward. It's what's allowed me to confidently take swings and misses and then take swings and, and hit. Um, but it's just something, it's a wall you have to compete, repeatedly run up against. Um, and it does break down and it does get easier the more that you do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So fear is a big inhibitor for a lot of people. Can you, can you think about, or do you want to talk about one or two fears, uh, like specific fears that you had to face? And then how did you confront that and overcome them? Yeah, I, I think the single biggest thing that I did was to simplify the whole process. I'm a big fan of just simple concepts. I've never been a big college guy. I've never been a big higher education guy. I like simple things that everybody can understand. And for me, that was just napkin math. How, how do you analyze a real estate deal? You get at a napkin and you simply do principal interest taxes insurance. And then you know how much it's going to cost you. Then you hop on Zillow for five minutes and you figure out what the average rent in the area is. You subtract mm -hmm. those two numbers and you immediately know how much money that you'll be putting in your pocket every single month. And don't mess with those fancy calculators. Everything's great. You don't need to pay for anything. Just simply get out a napkin and start looking at properties. <laughs> what you were mentioning made me think of Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And in mm. the beginning of that book, he actually referenced, you know, he said, face your fears. So one of the practical applications out of that for anybody listening is that if you have a fear in doing something hard, like leaving your W-2, write those fears down on a piece piece of paper and confront them on the piece of paper. And then after you're done listing out all your fears, write down what are the worst case scenarios? What could really happen if I lose my job? Uh, what are some outs? What is some, And what his point was that when you actually start writing these fears down and then you look for solutions to the fears that you think, you find they're really not fears at all. And even if it was a fear, you have a way to overcome it or go around it. So one of the big ones is, oh my goodness, if I leave my W-2, I'm not going to be able to feed my family and everybody's going to starve and I'm going to be out on the street. And his point was, well, you can go back to doing your other job, but you can go back to That's doing right. the job you left, right? You did mention before, and one thing uh, I wanted to stress as well, and, and you touched on it ever so slightly, is when you got that bug to come off of your W-2, you changed your spending habits. And I think it, you started saving, you didn't go out as much. Um, so I think that's also important too, that anybody planning to leave their W-2, you just don't go and quit tomorrow, but you actually have a plan in place. So a good size emergency fund's important. A way to catch yourself while you're making that transition is good to have. Tell us a little bit about how many properties you own, when you acquired them, a little bit, uh, a little bit about what you have and uh, how do you manage it? Yeah. So I, I would love just to stress to your viewers and your listeners how 
simple it truly is to get started when you use the napkin technique and you look at it simply as the numbers and don't let emotions come into play too much um so how i got started was using government money i used an fha loan um which is 3.5 percent down and it allows you to buy up to four units and what i tell everybody is you go as big as you can if you're allowed to get four units with basically no money in the deal you should absolutely go for that um, and I am doing what's been popularized by bigger pockets as a house hack. So I'm living in a about a thousand square foot one bedroom, and I've got two other tenants, one in a massive, massive townhouse, which basically pays the entire mortgage for me. Uh, and then I have a studio apartment, which pays money as well. So I'm actually making, um, I'd say about a 85% return on my money right now for my very first deal, which is genuinely incredible. And I think for anybody listening, you know, cash flow is like cash flow is the drug you're looking for. When that when that first rent check hits your bank account, you are gonna get the game of real estate investing and, and you are just <laughs> it's not gonna stop. You're never gonna want to stop. That's awesome. And um, would you wanna share like where your property is at? Well, there's area and uh, and yeah. how'd you find it? I'm curious. Absolutely. So it's in coastal South Carolina, um, about 20 minutes from Savannah, Georgia. And it was a market where I, I lived within 20 minutes of there, but I could sort of see things. And I've always had this weird sort of sixth sense um, where I don't necessarily look at the numbers first. I like to walk the neighborhood. I like to get a feel, mm -hmm. you know, is there people? Do you feel the money flowing? Do you see new construction? Are people excited to be here? Um, and that's really what I felt with where this triplex, this three unit property is. Um, and it's on a great little lake. Um, I'm looking at the sun out the window here. It's just, it's a great little property and it's walkable to absolutely everything in town. So I saw that I would have the ability to walk into this property at a fair market price. Um, there wasn't anything crazy going on here. There wasn't any major defects. It was simply an MLS property that was listed that anybody could find. Oh, wow. um, so I, I found the property, I made an offer and I realized almost immediately that we could double market rents, um, no question, mm. to, to the going market rate. Um, so we simply went about the standard property management process of offering tenants the ability to renew, um, which mm -hmm. most times they don't when you push rents up to that level. And within two months, we had raised rents and stabilized the entire property after a very light renovation. So all in cost, I'm happy to share with you, with the down payment, with new flooring and painting and cleaning and fixtures and appliances, we're, we're into this deal for about $31,000 um, mm -hmm. and it's generating about $1,400 a month in cash flow. Oh, wow. That's above your mortgage and your expenses and the everything else. So you're, you're doing 1400 over that. Far, wow. far, far above. Wow. Um, and it, uh, that's it, it's amazing. What, it's what's allowed me to um, cut back expenses and, and quit yeah. my W2 job. Um, it's given yeah. me the ability to do that. Um, and it's something that I'd love for, for other people my age to take advantage of. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, and when did you, did you buy it last year or the year before? When did, when did you acquire? <laughs> so we, <laughs> we closed on this property in January of 2022, Sue. Okay. And I, I vividly remember people coming to me and saying, Zach, you're overpaying for this property. Zach, you need to really be careful here. This is not, you shouldn't be paying that much for this property. But I did the napkin math and I walked the neighborhood and I saw what was yeah. happening here. And it, it was an educated guess. And that's that fear that we talked about earlier. Like that was constantly in the back of my mind. And anybody that tells you that's not there is not 
doing you any favors, but it's that ability to understand what you're working for and to push through it. And, you know, now that I'm here on the other side, it's what's allowed me to continue pushing to look for uh, other cash flowing real estate deals and other cash flowing small business opportunities to just continue this cycle. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that you had that sixth sense that you're just kind of looking around at what's going on. I think a lot of real estate investors have that. They have that that radar that's just not textbook radar that they can tell that this is a good area. This is not a good area. You know, they walk around and they can see those things going on. So um, I can relate to that. And I also appreciate that you brought up the people uh, around you who were just kind of like those naysayers and they, they were doubting the ability for this thing to happen and that uh, you just you didn't listen to the competing voices and I just want to I want to pull that out for a moment and capture that to encourage others that you know it's good to have counsel around you but at the end of the day really it should be you be the one making the decision not somebody else. Now, obviously, you know, you could have other people who are have more wisdom and can give you a compelling argument. But at the end of the day, it really is your decision uh, to make. And I'm, it sounds like you're glad you did it. <laughs> so, you know. oh, oh, my gosh, I, I couldn't I couldn't have imagined doing it any other way. And the lessons that I've learned in just the past year, I can take with me forever. Um, and, and to your point, Sue, that I think is quite possibly one of the most important things somebody who's, who's getting started can do is to seek out other people who have a bit more experience than they do to listen to podcasts like this and get other perspectives. But you hit on something that is so, so, so important. It has to be an individual's decision. At the end of the day, nobody can make the decision for you. You have to choose this new life, this new opportunity. You have to choose to step out of your comfort zone use this new knowledge, this new excitement, these new perspectives and take the risk yourself. Yeah, there is that fear of the unknown that, you know, you can't just discount, you know, it is there. It is, it is real. Uh, I'm so glad you brought up about having other people around you. It's good to be part of a like-minded group. Um, I know we've talked off and on about, and maybe not necessarily here, but talked about who you hang around with and who is in your, who's in your, your tribe, you know, it, it absolutely does. I mean, it opens, it opens your mind to so many new possibilities. And it's something that I've been really fortunate to have been blessed with from a young age is that I've always sought out in, in all aspects of life, people who've got more experience to get their perspective. Real estate specifically, I remember coming here and, you know, you just tell people what you do, which especially when you're new to a place like I was a year ago. Um, and from there, it just turned into you know, grabbing coffee with some of these very experienced real estate guys here and understand their perspectives. Mm -hmm. And it taught me different ways of buying properties like seller financing, something untraditional that mm -hmm. I thought was impossible. Yeah. Um, but I met with a gentleman here who's done numerous deals like that his entire career. And it opened my mind to it. Um, and then you just meet with people who tell you like, gosh, I, I wish I was doing this when I was in my mid twenties. And you just get back in your car suit afterwards and you take a deep breath and you're like, dang, like I'm, I'm really doing this. This is crazy. There's an amazing power when you get around people who are doing what you want to do or are starting to do, and then they encourage you to do it more. I want to circle back a little bit to your W-2 and leaving your W-2. And you bought this property. How, how much time lapsed between you purchasing the property and then you making the decision to leaving your W-2? What was that transition like? 
for you because I know some of us can't quite wrap our brains around it. So <laughs> what was that like? It started after I after I read Rich Dad Poor Dad about three years ago is when that that thought really started. And I think I mentioned that was right around the time that I just started saying to myself, "Okay, you need to start socking away as much money from every paycheck that you possibly can. Start cutting expenses to the bone and understanding what is that number that you really need to live on. You know, you, you don't need five thousand dollars a month i can take a smaller place i can stop shopping at these fancy grocery stores and going out to dinner um and use that money to invest in real estate to make that sacrifice temporarily for a better life tomorrow and once once i moved down here and purchased this property it was four months so four Mm. months until i quit my job because, awesome. you know, I make I make a joke that cash flow is, is the ultimate drug, the ultimate high. I, I, I can't stress that enough to your audience. The second yeah. that money hit my account, I saw another way. It, it was another path. It was like the door opening to another life. And the decision became almost like inevitable. It was something that had to happen. It's not something that would happen. It's something that I had to do for myself um, to just keep moving this investing journey forwards. Wow. Yeah, that is so awesome. Wow. Within four months. That's great. And you know, while you were talking, I thought of um, Warren Buffett had a quote. He said, you have to learn how to make money in your in your sleep or you will work until you die. (laughs) So that that quote has really been (laughs) that had an impact on me when I heard that for the first time. I heard it a couple months ago, you know, so but yeah, you have to find a way to make money while you sleep and rental real estate is a is one of those investment vehicles that people can utilize that will literally make money for them while they're sleeping. Um, You know, I I got a question for you. So what are some of the things that you look forward to because of the changes that you've made in your life now that you're W2 free? What's the store for Zach? So, I I mean, as far as today, I, it's just nice to be able to enjoy my own time, to, to spend time at the beach, to, to spend time with family, to grab coffee with other investors, to learn about the market. Um, you know, you, you get to know yourself better. You get to know other people better with all this extra free time that you have. Um, and your mind is just open to these new possibilities. Uh, and what you, it, it never longer becomes what you should do. It's what you can do because you're just mm-hmm. in this environment of abundance. So what's on the horizon for me? Um, I'm just chasing cash flow, Sue. Uh, I'm taking this uh, excitement of having this rental property and and the money that's coming from it and attempting to pour it into small businesses. So I've got an offer in on a laundromat with commercial property, which is a fantastic business to generate cash flow um, and surprisingly very, very, very easy to run. Um, And there's a lot Mm -hmm. of information on, on YouTube that your audience can find. And I'm also looking at car washes as well. Just really anything I can do, simple businesses, nothing that's crazy, nothing that's so labor intensive, and then using that money to buy more real estate so I can truly be free and truly not have to worry about day-to-day income at all. I know there are some out there listening to this going, yeah, but I heard I need to have a W-2 in order to buy real estate. And obviously you don't have a W-2 anymore. So would you mind sharing just a little snapshot and putting to uh, putting to death that fallacy that you, you don't absolutely, absolutely have? I mean, it does make it easier. There's no question if you've got that W-2, but at some point, every real estate investor jettisons the W-2. Absolutely. So w- what I would suggest to your listeners is if you can 
get a loan while you're still in a job to show the bank that money for your primary residence or for an investment property, absolutely do that. That's the easiest way to get a loan. However, you are exactly right, Sue. There are so many other ways that you can get deals done. So for the laundromat deal specifically, we're working with an SBA loan, which is another government-backed loan. We love the government's money with these low down payments and low barriers to entry to get into real estate and new businesses. So mm. this SBA loan is only 10% down. Um, so that's about $50,000 that's coming from me. And then the entire other half of the investment, we're getting done seller financed through a relationship that we've built directly with the seller. So it, as your mind continues to open, you continue to network with other people, you start to see these other opportunities of getting deals done. You opened my eyes to the SBA loan. I never even thought of that. And I know I, I've heard quite a bit, but that one I have not heard yet. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> so if you, could, if you could, if you could go back in time to your younger self and deliver a message, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish I would just tell younger Zach to, to, to take more action and to be less fearful, um, to just simply like I told your audience earlier, to just simply commit to doing three things a day and executing mm. to the best of your ability on those things. Um, and it could be as simple as calling a real estate agent, going to an open house, having a conversation with somebody in a neighborhood that you're interested in. All of those things just get your mind working and get you moving towards that ability to be financially free. It, it really is that simple, Sue. Wow. Now, I know that um, millionaires and high level entrepreneurs and people, they all have habits that they do each day to help propel them forward. Would you mind sharing a couple of what your habits are? Absolutely. So the, the thing that really anchors me every single day is my faith. So I try to start my morning with a cup of coffee and reading a, a chapter of the Bible just to set the day and uh, to get things off on the right foot. After that, there's always, always, always a workout of some kind. Um, mm. and, and that's what sort of triggers me and puts me in the mode before I start making calls and start looking at, um, at what deals are, are, are available for the day. And, and then the rest of it really is just, like you said earlier, you know, what are you, who are you around? What sort of content are you consuming? You know, are you watching nonsense YouTube videos? Or are you listening to a podcast like this one where you're expanding your knowledge and becoming curious rather than critical? And that was something I was fortunate enough to be able to catch um, a, a number of years ago. You know, you just, I always ask myself that question, are you being curious or are you being critical? And more mm -hmm. often than not, we're doing ourselves a disservice for being critical. Uh, because when you're curious, you open up your mind to new possibilities. You find new people, new podcasts, new opportunities to learn and new books. And it changes really the entire outlook of your life uh, when you start implementing that. Oh, wow. That's awesome. What time do you get up in the morning? I know a lot of people get up. <laughs> I'm up Me, at five. I, 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 okay. See, so I, I'm with you, Sue. Five, five thirty every single yeah. day I'm up. It's the, the ability to get things done while everybody else is still sleeping. I, just, I agree. I, I can't get over it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I have a friend that gets up at four in the morning and I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to move the needle a little bit closer to four, but, <laughs> you know, but I I've heard it said, and I think uh, Alex Hermosi said it a couple of times, consistent bedtime, a consistent waking time. And I think he's a, he gets most done between uh, 4 AM in the morning and, and 9 AM. And then after that, he's like, well, you know, I got most of my work done by then. So the, <laughs> I've got the rest of the day. <laughs> what are some of the challenges that you, uh, that you have now and, you know, how do you approach them and what mindset do you have to overcome them? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're both a part of a group called uh, GoBundance. I'm not sure how often you've talked about that in your podcast, but for, for those who don't know, GoBundance is really a group of like-minded individuals. Most of us are, are investors or people who are looking to become investors full-time. And, and that's the support group that we talked about. So for me, the challenge was always just getting stuff done. The challenge was always just committing to something and executing it for me. I don't know what it was. And it played me for years until mm. I joined GoBundance. And mm. in this mastermind, um, you know, you're surrounded by a tight-knit group of people who are going to hold you accountable. They're going to listen to what you say and mm. you darn well better deliver because they will be reminding you that next week and asking you what you've accomplished. Yeah. And that for me, you know, I feel like has almost doubled uh, what I'm what I'm able to accomplish and doubled my growth rate because you've got that natural human emotion of not wanting to disappoint your peer group. But yeah. at the same time, like you mentioned earlier, you've got people who are pulling for you and supporting you and people you can lean on to get advice to knock through those roadblocks. So instead of sitting back and making excuses for why you can't do something, you've now got this Rolodex, this phone of people mm -hmm. you can now call and ask advice to help you push forwards through what you're struggling with. Yeah, they're, they're a great group of people. Now, full disclosure, I'm not part of GoBundance yet. <laughs> I haven't met the minimum requirement for entry. However, GoBundance does have uh, an Emerge Supercharged group, which is like the pre-GoBundance, and I'm part of that group. So uh, if anybody listening is interested in that, I'll put the link in the description below so that you can uh, find out about what Emerge Supercharged is. That is kind of like the entrance into GoBundance. So that's what what um, Zach was talking about. But yeah, we do have ac actually access to the people who are in GoBundance. And, you know, yeah, it's amazing, amazing group of people. And they want to help, you know, because I think a lot of those guys, you know, they remember where, that they started in the spot where a lot of us are right now, too. And, and you know, they just want to give back and help. I know a lot of the founders have said that over and over again, and I, I can relate to the accountability aspect that you mentioned. I'm accountable to these people. I said, you know what? I'm committed. I'm here for 52 weeks. I better darn well be here for 52 weeks because if I don't, and, and even, even, even putting the podcast aside, I mean, if you think about it, if you say you're going to do something and you don't follow through with it. Really, who's being let down by that? Well, you let yourself down because you set a goal and you didn't achieve it. But I think you have to, as, as a person, you have to dig a little bit deeper and say to yourself, well, if I don't accomplish this goal that I know I can achieve, I said I was going to do it, but I just decided not to do it. You know, who else is also going to be affected by your decision to not follow through with that thing that you were going to say or do? And I think all too often we, you know, we get caught up in this it's only me mentality where, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, I'll just do what I'm going to do. If I don't follow through, that's OK. But, you know, but we don't think about the consequences of that. To your point, you mentioned before, um, one of your morning routines is to read the Bible in the morning. And uh, I, I do the same thing. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, let your yes be yes and your no be no or else you'll be condemned. Mm. And the condemnation, it comes in different ways. If you don't believe that, if you don't believe in the Bible, you don't believe that verse, just take it for what it's worth. Think about how you feel when you say you're going to do something and then you don't follow through with it. Uh, just all that to circle back to the 
point of accountability and how important it is when you surround yourself with the right people propelling you forward to do that thing and often a hard thing that you said you were going to do. And even if it is a hard thing and you meet a roadblock, the beauty of true accountability is just being able to reach out to those that are around you and saying, you know what, this is pretty darn hard. I've met, I've hit this roadblock. Is there anybody out there who can help me? I've been very pleasantly surprised. I've hit some snags when it comes to podcasting because I've had to learn this from the ground up. And I reached out there to the Emerge Supercharged community and got a ton of support. So I can attest to the, the, the accountability aspect. Is there anything else that you want to touch on that maybe I forgot to ask or you didn't have a chance to say? Um, I mean, I just love to, again... I feel like I'm almost beating a dead horse at this point, but I, I am just so passionate about trying to talk to other people who, who are in their 20s and feeling like they're stuck in a job that they don't like. There, there is a way out. Listen to mm -hmm. this podcast. Listen to Sue's other guests. Listen to people who have already been there and already done it. And it is just so much easier than you can even imagine. Just take those mm -hmm. steps and start the journey and get around people who, who think like you. There are more of them than you think. And before mm -hmm. you know it, you'll be there. You'll be there. Yeah. Zach, I have totally enjoyed our time together. So I make it a point that at the end of every interview, I ask my guests the same two questions. So the first question for you is from your story, what's something that our listeners can do today that will help them change their tomorrow? What advice do you want to leave them with? Absolutely. I'd say, you know, before you shut this podcast off today, commit to one thing, pick one thing and set your sights on it. What is that thing that you want to accomplish? What is that thing that is going to get you out of the day-to-day -day monotony of your job? And then do it. It's that simple. Make that phone call, knock on that door, set up that listing appointment to look at that house. Perfect. Perfect. What is one book that you would recommend everyone should read? Uh, absolutely. So it, it's another one of Robert Kiyosaki's books. Um, it's actually called Cashflow Quadrant, and it breaks down the different roles that each person plays, whether they are employed, self-employed, a full-time investor, and it walks through the different um stages of a mindset. It walks through different ways that you're being taxed and presents a very, very strong case for, for working for yourself. And for me, I, I didn't really understand it until I took that leap of faith and, and bought this first property. Um, mm -hmm. And afterwards, it was like a light bulb went off. I started to see the world differently and I saw myself differently. And um, it, it just changed me completely. I love the book. Did you read Cashflow Quadrant after Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Yep. Rich Dad, yeah. Poor Dad was the one that really started the gears turning. Yeah. I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad as well. I have not read Cashflow Quadrant yet, although I should. <laughs> would you say it would make a little more sense to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad first and then read Cashflow Quadrant? Uh, absolutely. You know, you yeah. have to remember and, and think about where you're at at the time that you're reading the book too. Cashflow mm -hmm. Quadrant speaks more to people who have already started a business and who are starting that journey. Um, rich dad, poor dad is what's going to start your mindset. It's going to start things changing in your head. And it worked wonders for me while I was still working for somebody else. That's a great uh, synopsis of both of those books. Well, Zach, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to be here with us. So I will put your information down in the show notes, but if anybody wants to get in touch with you, follow you, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I post um, content 
every couple of days on Instagram about property management and real estate investing. And they can find me at island underscore landlord. Uh, and feel free to send me a direct message. Anything I can do to help you, I'm, I'm always more than more than happy to do. Um, just let me know. All right, great. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to having you back on again. Absolutely. Thanks, Sue. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I value your time with me because I realize you could be listening to someone else right now. If you got any value or think someone else can benefit from what you heard, please spread the word, hit subscribe, and check out my website at www.suesaller.com. Remember, life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by choice. Take small steps and make today awesome, friends. Have a great day and God bless.